Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were live from the Lansdowne Pub in Cheltenham. A bit of a scene setter for the festival will be on course tomorrow, bringing you live racing and more. But for today, uh, we caught up with uh, a comedian called Nick Page, a local guy, told us what it's like to be living in Cheltenham when the festival's on. He was on good form. Yeah, we had uh, Escalado. Yeah, we had some live racing. We were very lucky. I've had Chamberlain intro into the race from ITV and uh, Rupert Bell to commentate. And then we had a bit of a racing chat with our commentary team who'll be uh, bringing us all the live racing throughout the week. That's uh, Rupert Bell and the former jockey, Lizzie Kelly and uh, a little lad Hugo joined in a couple of times. So you'll hear all of that. Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. And here we are back at Cheltenham. Oh, it's very After exciting. a year's hiatus, well, of back course. Pub in <laughs> we're back in a pub in Cheltenham. We're back in a pub in Cheltenham. It's right. a nice Still, pub, though. It but is a nice pub. Yes, it's All it's the tables have got names of sporting stars yeah. uh, on them. Our, our assistant producer is sitting at... Uh, Martin you, Johnson. Martin Johnson's table. We've got Ma- the, the late, great Muhammad Ali's table. He used there. to love coming in did here he for a pint. Did he pop in? Yeah, always. Half a lager. He did. Uh, we've got Boris Becker behind us yeah. as well. So it's Boris Johnson. It's a nice... It's a lovely thing. Our new club Chairman, yes, <laughs> marvellous. <laughs> That's right. We'll have him back, <laughs> won't it? Yeah, honestly. Anyway, I, we should talk a bit about football because I went to two games on the weekend. It'd be well a terrible done. waste if I didn't talk yeah. about it at all. Uh, it was at Brentford on uh, Saturday. Good win yeah. for them. Christian Eriksen, so many touches of class, not just the cross for the goal. Yeah. He's a wonderful player. He is. Uh, there was a great moment though. Pre-game, they held up. I don't know if you saw yellow and blue. Placards yeah, I saw in that, support yeah. of Ukraine. But late in the second half, a Burnley player was booked and I spontaneously all held up their yellow cards. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, really? Pretty good. <laughs> got some more use out of it. Got some more use out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then to Sunday to the bridge where yeah. never seen so many depressed looking people worried. Yeah. People's faces were really yeah, worried. Yeah, noticeably. And there's been so much noise and so much nonsense. I mean, some fair minded journalists have said, they, I think it was the 66th minute, a few people tried to get the Roman Abramovich chant going and 
people, they were shut. They shut there. it down, yeah. And the bloke next to me is normally quite loud, just said to me, it's not a good optic, this is not the time for this. And he was yeah. right, it isn't. And so I think that was... Uh, I did have an idea, though, on Saturday night. I said yeah. to the wife, I think I'll ring up Chelsea and say, can I use Roman's private box tomorrow? Because yeah. he won't be using it. That's, was there anybody in there? No, nobody's in there. And I thought, this could be a good thing. Like, every week a fan in the new regime could get to use the box. Yeah. I okay. I imagine they'll sell it on at some point. The new no owners, they won't leave it. of course. There was no food there. No, okay. <laughs> fair enough. But there was food and drink for the fans. Oh, yeah. There? So, yeah. you know. You had to bring your own sandwiches. Oh, okay. Private yeah, box. Wouldn't let you in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a funny performance from referee David Coote, who yes. gave... Uh, gave Chelsea the two biggest decisions of the game, not to send off Havertz and the penalty, which probably was a penalty. Yeah, it was. But then gave every other decision throughout their whole 90 minutes to Newcastle. It was an incredibly irritating performance, apart from the two yeah. key points. I can understand why Newcastle were a bit unhappy about it afterwards. But uh, I had a sensational yeah. footballing weekend oh, uh, yeah. as well. Uh, a man who did will sadly be joining us very shortly. And yes. we'll have a good look back at all the football this weekend. It was a mad game, the Spurs game. It was basically Ronaldo 3, Spurs 2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Spurs were the better team in that game, I thought. They just uh, just annoyed him by uh, yeah. last week. Uh, that, that dodgy hip and a couple of days in Portugal <laughs> he's seems he's to do. He's even got Tom Brady out of retirement. You watch him for an hour and a half and you think, yeah. life's too short and he comes out of retirement. No, he's too Give it a break, yeah, man. Yeah, yes. uh, anyway, um, the big story for me this weekend was that Jamie Vardy tried to buy a penguin. Did he? <laughs> yeah, not a real one. Um, apparently, yeah, Jamie Vardy tried to buy a penguin. We were told Hannah Hope had this exclusive. They were going to call it Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Tried to buy a penguin for the family because they thought it looked uh, cute. And there's yeah. another, another example of you can't use the word penguin again. Yeah, yeah the animal-loving striker uh, researched how to get hold of one of the protected aquatic creatures. <laughs> of course they are. Um, <laughs> but apparently, he says... He said, we haven't bought one. Yeah. Um, I've not purchased one. He said, well, that's good news, yeah. isn't it? Because I think it's a yeah. massively good idea. Just to, you know, penguins for life, not just for Christmas. And um, <laughs> he said, while researching it, I did find out that you can buy giraffes and all sorts of things legally. Said, really? Sure, Jamie. Can you buy a giraffe legally? Why you... Well, I suppose you... on Amazon. Imagine that being thrown over your back fence. I mean, I suppose you could get a license to get one. But I mean, what would you want a giraffe? Where'd you pick up? Would you get a giraffe you've got license? Tall trees. You need. Would, quite... you, would you start to contact? But anyway, Jamie. Yeah, giraffe, look, if Jamie giraffe, Vardy, the... giraffe, giraffe, license. giraffe, who? Giraffe, Mark. Giraffe, Stelly. What's the matter with you? <laughs> It's, only, it's, right. it's got a whole week of this. I know. I've got to warm anyway, up. Anyway, um, I, I don't know where it leads us, but I just thought I'd let you know. Jamie Vardy <laughs> thought about buying a penguin. He would have might have done, he might have made a difference yesterday in the Arsenal game, but of course, alas, no, he I wasn't there. So. They are playing. Not the rather, way they defend from corners. They are playing so. rather well, though Arsenal. Let's be honest, yes. and uh, that will be reflected, I'm sure, in our next chat. We'll have a good look back at all the football with uh, a journalist friend of the show, Matt Scott, in a few moments' time. Johnny May will be here, yeah. a local man, of course. You want to set up Les the Boots, the Australian? Jockey. Shall we do that later? All right. Then. We'll do that later. Yeah, more from Les Boots later on. But uh, we'll have some live racing, Escalada. We need horses. So just think of something in, in the news. Keep it light, obviously. But we're looking for just items in the news. We may even have kicked you off with one in the last few minutes. But um, little stories in the news that might suggest the name of a racehorse. And then we will put your name. You will be the owner of that uh, horse, one of six horses or was it five? Uh, five horses that will be running in the Escalado Stakes with uh, Rupert mm. Bell. Hopefully, Ed Chamberlain will be doing all the set. There were going to be six, but the going isn't right. It's not quite. One of them's pulled out. So, <laughs> we just want fictional names of uh, racehorses. You get the idea, I'm sure. Send them into talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text them to 8 to 89 or tweet to TSH&J. That's T-S-H-A-N-D-J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, it's Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, uh, live from the Lansdowne Pub in Cheltenham, our uh, pre-festival show, where good friends at uh, Green King and Paddy Power, and uh, in the second hour of the show, Ruby Walsh will be joining us, the winning most, it's a strange word, but you can't think of a better one, the winning most Most jockey. Most successful, I would have said. Yeah, that's probably better. Um, at uh, Cheltenham and uh, we'll be chatting to him a little bit later on Johnny May joins us as well Gloucester on England wing it does sound like Johnny May joins us it depends, yeah, Johnny, if, it Johnny, depends if he's in the mood it or depends not. he's he not might, promising he not. <laughs> no I think he has actually promised he will okay, be here good. so we can look back on the Six Nations with Johnny <laughs> later on but before all of that um, we were reading today I mean it was a real blow to the local economy the fact that uh, there were no crowds at Cheltenham last year because it makes a difference of a hundred million pounds, they think, to the local economy. Mm. Uh, the Cheltenham uh, Festival, which is huge, but what is what's it like to be a local, somebody who was uh, born here and lived here uh, all their life? Uh, well, we can find out now because uh, comedian Nick Page uh, is with us. Nick, good to see you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. We'll talk, we're going to talk a bit about you, and I mean, people may remember you from. Uh, Britain's Got Talent, which you Brief, did a briefly, few years ago. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, what, what was that? I mean, that's interesting because you've been a comedian for a long time and you were sort of working yeah. on the circuit. So what made you kind of do that, that TV um, show? They kept asking me to do it. Right. And a friend of mine had done it the year before and got good stuff out of doing it. So I thought I would give it a try. And then you've got to go and pretend that you've queued up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's good not, exposure, though. It's, yeah. It's, it's weird. For about six months at the time, it's bad exposure. And then afterwards, it gives people that are booking corporate things a reason to book you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it works out long term, which is what I expect. So no regrets. It was the right thing to do. I got thing. loads of abuse online uh, with people <laughs> explaining to me what I look like. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. okay yeah. Which is yeah. so yeah. There is like a top, yeah. top five of what I look like. Um, I look like a dodgy estate agent off Midsummer Murders that you think did the murder but then gets <laughs> yeah. murdered. I look like fat, fat Nick Knowles. 
Um, <laughs> I look like ordinary Nick Knowles. Um, I look like Walsh. <laughs> That's the most people, accurate, I think. People are cruel, aren't they? Can't they just say, Nick, you were great, well done, unlucky? And oh, something? God, no, no, no. It's, uh, it's most important to go, well, I've never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's, like, with anything at all. God dear me. What a world we live None in. None of them would have said that to your face. You know that, don't you? Yes. I very just, much know that. They would have yeah. just said, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We really enjoyed your performance. Oh, yeah. you were so lovely. good. Yeah. yeah, people don't realise that on, on a lot of these shows, it's not... I mean, I know somebody else. So I found out by a, a, a friend... Uh, and this guy was asked to go on, uh, I think it was on Britain's Got Talent many years ago. His act was an interesting one because basically he breaks wind. Oh, yes. Yes. That, I remember him. Yes. Mr. Uh, Methane. Mr. Methane, yeah. yeah. And I think Mr. Methane was invited on many times and yeah. wasn't keen and in the end decided to do it. So they asked Producers him to go on. invited him to the box this year, and we're only in a has. small box. We're only in a small box. We can keep the windows open. But he was invited to go along, and then he did what he did. You know, he did even. Yeah, they knew what he was going to do. And yeah. he got absolutely slaughtered. They're going, that's disgusting. And they just turned on him. They invited me here, for goodness yeah. sake. Yeah, it's a bit harsh. And then they do that to me. Anyway, um, so uh, you said you are Cheltenham local. So you've, yes. known, you've mm. known the festival man and boy. I mean, it's got so much bigger I'm it's sure got, in your it's life. Got huge. So when I was a kid um, we lived just down the road from the race course and I didn't realise people had to pay to go I thought everyone just cut through the allotments because <laughs> we'd go up there on a Sunday and, and like play in the fields around it and yeah. jump over the jumps and dam the streams and all that stuff uh, and then yeah you realise that it's a big thing for some people um, and that half the population of County Court comes over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, is it's it, great, though. Is it a bit like uh, Edinburgh in the festival? Do a lot of people get out of Cheltenham during this week if they can or, um, or not? I th I, some people definitely will move out and rent out their houses for way too much money. Uh, and then a lot of people move in for the week. You know, yeah. Yeah. Do you enjoy it or not? Or has it oh, all been too close home? No. <laughs> <laughs> Or you want a, a million? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're obviously not working for the Cheltenham Marketing Board uh, oh, this week. They haven't they haven't brought you in. Yeah. <laughs> but we were here for the November <clears throat> meeting, and the, the, it's completely different. The, yeah. You know. It, yeah. Just like Cheltenham is a normal sort of place, but they people do rely on it. So yeah, it, absolutely. You know. No, it's it's a huge it's a huge boost to the local economy. It's you know it's it's a big thing, and it's part of our identity as a town. Yeah. But there's a festival of some type pretty much every week in Cheltenham. There's, you know, there's the science festival, the jazz festival, the literature festival, um, this, another winter racing festival. Yeah. Um, something to do with steam. There's all, there's all kinds of stuff going on here all the time. So they don't tell Alan they want to come to all of them. Yes, he, he probably will. So you've so you you've not been in recent years. You've not gone down to the course. No, I accidentally caught a train that had arrived full of race goers in. Yeah. 2020 and caught COVID. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. So the, the train arrived. The fancy dress dress queues were outside. I realised I'd forgotten it was race week because I'd come in to catch the train to go to Bristol, and um, I sat on a train with my hands in the air trying not to touch anything. And yeah, I I, I definitely I caught COVID yeah. there. That was it. I'm just suddenly sitting here thinking people have almost certainly gone. Uh, to Google Images to look at you, and they're now thinking, yeah, I can see what they meant about that oh, one you, after the you, ones you did at the top. If you Google Alan Titchmarsh and Tommy Walsh and me and put all three images together, <laughs> it's like one of those weird, like, gene meld things. You've got an interesting sporting background, you were telling us. Uh, your dad was very into rugby, which has kind of put you off a bit. Well, he used to... 
He was one of those people that would arrive like an hour early for everything and then leave 20 minutes before the end. <laughs> so every single rugby match I ever saw, I was freezing before it started and I never saw the final score because <laughs> he wanted to leave before traffic. The school I went to was so full of, like, was so pro rugby. We were sent there because there were ex like England and, and Barbarians players teaching rugby there. If you asked to play soccer instead of rugby, your parents were brought in for a meeting because <laughs> it was the 80s and the school was worried you might be gay. And that was like a big issue for them. Wow. I, yeah, I wish that was a joke. And, it, and it, so it kind of, because he was Mr. Rugby, you sort of railed against it. A lot yeah, I played hockey for a bit because he hated that. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and then I persuaded the school that I should be allowed to go shooting as my games option. And I used to spend Wednesday afternoons and Saturdays with a yeah an old retired guy sitting in a field drinking cider occasionally shooting at pigeons. It's <laughs> <laughs> different country people, yeah, yeah. country different ways. Um, and the village and, cricket. Team. Oh, yeah, well, I we'll come on to that okay. in a minute. We'll have right. a chat about that shortly. So what was your route in then, Nick? What, how, what got you into comedy? What, what was your life before comedy? Um, I worked in sales before. Right. And, um, so, yeah, because Cheltenham's like the world's biggest village, you're never more than about four people away from someone who's either... They've had something built by one of my brothers. They've been thrown out of somewhere by either me or one of my brothers when we worked as bouncers. They bought a car from me, uh, or they were taught by my dad. And then they, anybody who's lived here for more than 20 years will have had one of those things happen. Yeah. And I apologise to all of them. So what did you? Sold cars? Did I you sold use... cars, yeah. Right, okay. um, and then I was an estate agent for a brief while, and then I did my first comedy gig for a bet. Right. It's often the way, is isn't it? Great it's often the way, it, yeah, to yeah. Comedy, to have all this life experience. I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I'm never one of those. I wasn't one of those people that wanted to be a comic because I'd watched loads of comedy. I was one of those people that continually screwed up their life and always had to do it, t tell stories and make excuses. Mm. And I think you know that comedy comes out of that. Yeah. Live badly and report back. Who were? But did you have sort of comedy heroes? Were there people that you, oh. you loved? I love the way that Billy Connolly tells stories, mm. and that's always been a huge inspiration for me. Um, one of the few sort of you know celebs that I've been sad about the death of was Sean Locke, even though I didn't know him. Because yeah. My favourite ever joke was one of his, which is about his family pooling together to get him vouchers for Christmas so he could have therapy. And so I, I didn't want I didn't want therapy. I wanted a crossbow. It's <laughs> just my favourite joke because you just got yeah. to fill in all the gaps yourself. No, he was he was a, a, a brilliant, yeah. brilliant, brilliant comedian. Um, well, we're going to keep chatting very shortly with uh, Nick, and he has got this story of how he nearly roped a late great star uh, into his um, village cricket team. He'll be telling us uh, more about that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Yes, good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport Live from the Lansdowne Pub, a Green King pub in Cheltenham. We'll be uh, on the course tomorrow to bring you lots of live racing and uh, lots more besides. Um, uh, still to come this afternoon in this hour, Johnny May joins us, Gloucester in England, and uh, Ruby Walsh, the great Ruby Walsh, joins us to look ahead to day one of the festival. But uh, we're with comedian Nick Page. <coughs> Nick is a, a, a local lad, and so he's been giving us a little bit of local knowledge and telling us how people from Cheltenham view the festival. Um, I was reading, Nick, doing a little bit of research for our chat that um, we, Andy talked about life experience and I found an old piece from one of the papers that said, uh, life for after Britain's got talent for Nick Page. From seven ex-fiancés to having a baby at 50. And listen, that's a head, that's a grabber of a headline, that, isn't it? <laughs> so I read on. But, uh, yeah, becoming a dad at 50, how's it been? Um, it's been all right. Yeah. Like, everyone... <clears throat> 
like the first the first few weeks is is grim. Um, <laughs> it's quite daunting. That's the same for anybody. It's it daunting, is. isn't yeah. it? It's but ju- at the same time, people are like, well, you know, sleep when the baby sleeps, which is great. Yeah. I'm very happy to have six naps a day. <laughs> yeah. At 50, I've got to get up a few times in the night anyway. So <laughs> I just like, baby yeah. wakes up, have a wee, put the baby back to sleep, have another wee. That's, you know, he and how's, I are on a, a similar now? schedule. He's 18 months now. Oh, right. Wow. Um, and <clears throat> he's massive. Um <laughs> Yeah, like everybody's always very proud of their kid, and, and of course. So, but yeah, I think he's very advanced. He drove me here. <laughs> uh, so I suppose in lockdown as well, it was good because if if you were out gigging, you wouldn't have sort of been there. I was supposed good. to be doing. I was supposed to be doing a lot of overseas gigs, and I'd have been away for like half of his first year. So right. But yeah, it was a, a bit of a come down. From like January the first, 2020, was when my wife discovered she was pregnant. We were like, "This is going to be the best year ever." <laughs> come, come March, yeah. the pandemic's like about that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Seven ex fiancés. I mean, that's that's a. I mean, I mean some some of them are more serious than others. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're, you 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 overcommit. You were saying I, that's I, your I, issue. Yeah, you? well, I'm bad at arguing, and I know a jeweller. So <laughs> fiancé. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now. Um, mm. You were telling us uh, that you tried to get a cricket team uh, off the ground. Oh, yeah. Well, I discovered that an international cricketer had moved into our village. um, And I thought, even though everyone else in the village is about 100 years old, between me and him, we can probably win a few matches. Yes. And it's it's worth having a go. Um, And uh, so I wrote to Shane Warne and suggested that we get together and start the team. And he could not have been less enthusiastic about the idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. You actually did drop him a line, did you? Or? Yeah, and then like a couple of weeks later when I, I made friends with his now ex, I, sort of, I mentioned it and uh, again, was not at all wasn't keen. Wasn't keen? No. Well, he was the fifth amongst the top five cricketers of all time. You can imagine. Well, I, I discovered this now. Yes. Wouldn't be ideal for him. I thought it'd be nice just to keep his hand in a little bit during his retirement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But he was, yeah, he was busy doing other stuff, you know, advertising wigs and things. It wouldn't have taken long, though, would it? It wouldn't have taken long for, a, a, you know, nine other players to want to play with Shane Moore. They would have they would have. Uh, there would probably be them. people that would have bought houses nearby to be on that team. <laughs> they probably would have done. Yes. I, was, I was in Australia doing uh, one of the comedy festivals out there in Perth, and they'd op- there was a, a new stadium opened in Perth, and there was going to be a big exhibition match. And some of the Aussie comics that we were with were, like, you know, mad cricket fans and were really upset they couldn't get tickets. And so I quite cheekily sent a text to sort of get, is there any chance you can get a couple of the lads in? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah no problem. Um, if they turn up to this gate and sort of say this code word, there'll be tickets for them. But for whatever reason, the people at the gate were expecting Shane Warne to turn up with these Aussie comics. Oh, OK. He said, so they got treated like royalty. They got you know, put in a box, free <laughs> drinks all day. Brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was, yeah, it really good of him to sort that out from the other yeah, side of the world. That's a, yeah, that, that sounds from whatever. There's been a lot of great stories about him, sadly, since he passed away. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have said very sim- similar thing, really generous guy, yes. really decent guy, and I, very a, nice guy. A lovely thing from an Aussie comic who lives over here now, saying when he was about to move over here about seven years ago, it was two o'clock in the morning, he was in the departures lounge at Sydney Airport, and the last person he saw there was Shane Warne. And he said a little bit of him, you know, emotional. He'd had a couple of drinks while he was waiting. He thought, 
have they sent him to see me off? <laughs> and it was like his, his job as like the greatest living Australian was to see off any Australian he was moving away permanently. Yeah. That would be a nice touch, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, would be lovely. Get by the departure going and say, sorry to see yeah. you go, mate. Well, I hope you come back soon. But with yeah. him gone and Steve Irwin gone, like who would it be next? Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. true yeah. Although, you know, um, Andy is, Andy's a big Neighbours fan. And he's am, he's yeah. still, oh. it, he's a Chelsea and Neighbours fan, so it wasn't a good week for apparently, him last apparently week. Apparently, have they done the last episode? No, what's happened though? I'm telling, I'm telling the boys this morning. Some of the actors, their contracts would normally have been renewed, but they're at, they're done before the actual series ends, so they've got to be written out. So they don't want to sort of give them a short term. Yeah. So three people are going for no reason at all. How are they going to get rid of them? What they're going to move to br- they're going to move to Brisbane. That's what yeah. everybody Darwin. always yes. did. Darwin. Darwin. Is Darwin. Now. Darwin. Darwin. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it, what happened. Is yeah. it true that Kylie's coming back for the last episode? So they say. Yeah. Harold Bishop is as well, yeah. apparently. Harold He's Bishop. coming oh, back. Spitting image of my dad. Wait, really, is he? Yeah. <laughs> Did he wobble your dad? Oh, yeah, God, yes. yeah, yeah, very yeah, much yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So you'll keep away. You'll keep, I say you live just on the outskirts these days. Yes. You will keep away from the centre of town. Absolutely. Well, after my, my mishap two years ago where, where I you know, accidentally got involved in the races and caught COVID, yes. I will... 100% be avoiding it. Right, OK. That's fair enough. Really. And yeah. comedy-wise, um, it's, it's back in full flow after everything. Yeah, now it's got, venues are it's open. Gone, yeah, it's gone stupid. Do you think um, people are wanting to go out and see more live comedy because def- they were robbed yeah. of it for a while? Yeah, people, are, like, for last summer when we had the sort of, you know, the little bit of a break, people were mad keen for it. And it was lovely because you had 90% of people were just super enthusiastic to be out and 10% of people had forgotten how to behave in public. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, they couldn't get, they couldn't conceive of like half an hour where they weren't looking at their phones, whatever else they were doing. Yeah, but yeah. the other ninety percent were just really into it because it was something different. It was something. Is there know, a local comedy scene, or do you have to travel everywhere? There's a lot of good stuff locally. So I mean, I've been fortunate enough to perform in Cheltenham three times in the last month, as as well as all the other stuff. But you know, a, a jobbing comic like me gets used to doing five hundred to a thousand miles a week when wow. they're in the country and then you know, as much overseas stuff as, as I can squeeze in. Yeah. Do you think, as you said, that was interesting. It was Charlie Baker who works. As Charlie said, similar yeah. things. Since people have come back, mm. he's noticed there's a boldness about some crowds. Yes. Uh, maybe, as you said, because they just want to want to get it off their chest. I don't know. Yeah. But also, you think people that are sort of out for the first time, people who've... Because we've, like, two and a half years of... of lockdown and mucking about right? well, two, two years of lockdowns and mucking about so people that were you know 17 and 19 now and are just starting to venture out they've, they've lost two years of socialisation wow you know it's like, if you keep a dog locked up for too long it's going to bark yeah. a lot when it eats <laughs> other dogs and, and <laughs> teenagers are the same it turns yeah, out yeah. difficult so where can we see you then Nick where can we see you up next um, I've got some stuff coming. I'm in well, Bristol at the weekend. Um, I'm doing yeah, a couple of private functions in the Forest of Dean um, and then the usual comedy clubs. So uh, Jonglers have relaunched. So I'm doing some of those. Keep an eye on their website. My website is nickpagecomedy.co.uk and I'm really bad at updating it. Uh, well, a <laughs> yeah. friend of mine Welcome hacked it. Welcome to Edinburgh it. 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine hacked it and for a year, if you went to my website, you would just link to a Japanese bra company. <laughs> and I thought it was too funny to change it. So I didn't bother. <laughs> Um, that probably was part of the act, probably, yes. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it could have been my brother in revenge, because a few years ago, I, I listed his house as a bed and breakfast for race week when he was living in the centre <laughs> of Cheltenham. <laughs> so about 11 o'clock one night, there was a knock on his door, and there's four guys going, um, yeah, the, the guy said we could just come for the, for the bed and breakfast. He's like, what are you want about? And 
printed leaflets. And, uh, <laughs> only costs very... 40 quid to print a thousand leaflets and another 40 elaborate. quid to get someone to hand them out. <laughs> Wonderfully elaborate practical joke. Yes, yeah. yeah. but yeah, you know, late bookings welcomed, 24-hour reception. <laughs> <laughs> it took about four years before people stopped turning up at his door. Oh, no. <laughs> So, yeah, almost certainly him yeah. then, I would yes. imagine. It yeah. must be down to him. Well, it's been lovely to see you. Yeah. Thank you very much for Thank you very me. much very for good. coming along. And Enjoy uh, the races. Yes, we, we will. will. Uh, yeah. so you, you've it's got, a novelty you've got, for us. You've got enough hand gel, so, you know. Yeah, look yes, at we're look laughing. Look yes. Keep, keep that. drinking that so you won't overpay <laughs> for your pens. <laughs> You'll be clean inside and out. <laughs> so and there we are. Yeah, don't catch anything. Yeah, so we'll do our best. Nick, thank you. Thank you very much. Nick Page there, our thanks to him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, of course, officially the racing doesn't get underway at Cheltenham uh, until tomorrow, but we're delighted to say we can bring you some live racing Very exciting. Now. You it's wait the... for the roar when it goes off. The, yeah, it's... the Lansdowne roar, they call it. They, they certainly do. It's going to be immense. Uh, it's the Escalado Stakes. You may remember the very popular uh, kids' game, horse racing game. Now, uh, yeah, back in the day, the horses were made of lead, but they don't make stuff out of lead anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because, yes, yeah, it's unfortunate. For good reason. Uh, but they are now plastic. But it's great that the game survives. It's an old analogue game in a digital world. Ed Chamberlain has stuck around. Of course, ITV uh, host for uh, the Cheltenham Festival. It'd be great if Ruby had that. It's, yeah. <laughs> is it, yeah, this not is sure. not one of Ruby's gizmos, is it? We were talking it's about. A, it looks a little bit more expensive than an ITV budget <laughs> gadget. Are you familiar with this, Ed, this game, Escalado? No. Really? really? No. Wow. It was probably no, I've never seen it before time. in my life. <laughs> it's a great game at home. We, we used to have that board game. I thought that's what you were talking about. This is something completely different. What the, oh, ha- what the you handling? You're telling us you use the roll balls. Is that oh, no, one? that's a different one. Oh, OK. That, uh, no, that's a, that's a proper fairground game. Oh, that OK. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that would be bold, yeah. yeah. This uh, one's got a handle at the end of it. I'm just yeah. trying to... Yeah. It's, but Escalado, basically, they're, they're three not-led horses, five not-led horses <laughs> there on a plastic track, uh, on, put on a table, and they're bolted to each end of the table. And as you turn the handle, uh, the horses move... Miraculous. The horses move along. Yes, and you they get do. quite an exciting race. I well, quite fancy Orange. Be. Orange looks extremely well from here. Well, let me tell you the runners <laughs> and riders. Rupert Bell is going to be commentating. Good afternoon, Rupert. Lovely good, to see good you. afternoon. I, I feel the set's up my week absolutely <laughs> it does it's the only way is up after yeah. this so let's give you the runners and riders in light blue we have Jamie's penguin this is because we read at the weekend mm. that Jamie Vardy has been trying to buy a penguin no seriously he has yeah um, in orange we've got uh, Neighbours Neighbours it's yeah. a, a horsey theme for a a show that sadly won't be on the air. So if you gave us these horses, uh, folks, uh, thank you very much for that. We will be announcing the winning trainer uh, after the race is done. So Johnny Weaver, um, the infamous uh, character from uh, the birthday spread, he's in red. Um, it's because I pronounce Sir Journey, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver is Sir Johnny Weaver. I call it Sir Johnny Weaver. It's Sir Johnny Weaver's <laughs> birthday. Oh. Good old Sir Johnny. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be. And it made the gag work, but it was wrong. Sir Johnny will be flying Imagine in Alan. his chopper Alan, tomorrow. Sir Johnny. Yeah. Great to see Sir Johnny. Uh, We're in Sir Johnny's box. Yeah, great. Uh, uh, in yellow, seven-seater. This is Thomas Tuckle said they'll get to the next game in the old seven-seater. He doesn't mind driving. And in green. Well, it's not Alan. seven aside. How are they going to do well, that? Well, I don't in green it's Alan's alarm clock for obvious reasons <laughs> yes so Rupert are you happy with all those names well I'm trying to work thank you for illuminating me about Sir Johnny Weaver because I was trying to work that one you out you thought you knew him didn't yeah. you oh, I said, yes sir. He, 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 he went to school with him yeah he probably did <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, actually, I did. <laughs> it almost certainly <laughs> did. So, Rupert, um, so you're going to be calling them, aren't you? For uh, well, I, as long as I can remember them, uh, okay. I'll do my best. Fantastic. And, uh, so you I, need to give them a colour, don't you? you, you oh, you've done all that. Yeah, done yeah, all but, but this is radio, so I don't need to. That's I true. don't need to do we, a Richard. We could just make it up, actually. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> funnily enough, that happens in real time during next week. <laughs> well, Ed, as we've got you here, I mean, before a big race, you would cross from your top team to the to the commentary position so maybe you'd like to take us to to this next race you try and come up with a catchy line so this would be the inaugural running yeah. of the escalado stakes sponsored by Talksport, and your big race caller is rupert bell oh nice and like the that. starter jamie has just moved to the rostrum and he's ready with his what is it? His, ang- his, his, his wand. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> That's a good start anyway. Right, OK, off you go. And they're off and running. Oh. And it's a very level break. I think Jamie's Penguin might just have it. A little bit off the pace is Alan's alarm clock, but there's no surprise there. <laughs> Trying to pick up is Sir Johnny Weaver. But this race appears alien to him at the moment. But still out in front, the front is Jamie's Pink Penguin. We haven't heard much of Neighbours. He's struggling at the moment. Oh, but Sir Jamie's Penguin's fearing horribly offline and coming up on the far side is Seven Seater. Seven Seater's going to get there because wandering in the final stages is Jamie's Penguin has just waddled <laughs> after the race and off the pitch. Oh, what about uh, that? He's through. It's like James um, Brown. Unfortunately, well led from the box. Seven Seater's just been sanctioned. <laughs> yeah. Bad luck. Well done to Seven Seater. It was Michael Naylor who suggested that one. He is our winning trainer this afternoon. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that was him, wasn't it? I think. Or oh, no, it wasn't. It was Nick Lawton. I've oh, completely right. destroyed it. Uh, it was Nick Lawton who gave us Seven Seater. Well done, Nick. You're our winning uh, owner this afternoon. And uh, look, look, Kelly Jr.'s having a little wander. He liked Escalado. <laughs> Mum's going to have to buy a set. We're going to have to have one of those at home. So uh, there we are. Thank you, Rupert. Oh, I, and I, I love the way that you yeah. you threw yourself into that like it was the champion hurdle. Tremendous, <laughs> wasn't it? Look, he's spent now. Look, yeah. he doesn't have to need a sit. Lizzie's down. crying again. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even at Escalado, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but Hugo's happy. That's yes, the main thing. He's certainly so is. sweet. Well, we'll have a chat with uh, Lizzie and Rupert uh, very, very shortly. But for now, Ed, look, you, you, above and beyond, thank you for sticking that around. Was, that was You've got better, very impressive you've got commentary got better that. to do than this, haven't you? No, the Escalado is one of the big races of the season. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Worryingly for Grumpy Charlie, the orange came last. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true, yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you out and about for the next few days. Look Hope all goes well. In, thank and, you. And uh, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be watching around our broadcasting. Certainly. Thank you, so much appreciated. Good to thank see you. you. Thanks Cheers. very much. Ed Chamberlain there, ITV uh, Sports tomorrow at 10 to 1 they get underway earlier this year with their uh, their top team of course we'll be bringing you lots of live racing with Rupert and uh, Lizzie and uh, we're going to be chatting to them in a few moments time they can mark our card we can talk about good, the life of the commentator certainly <laughs> Behind, say, can we? Can I do a selfie like as we're broadcasting? Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, oh, well, yeah no well, what used to happen at Cheltenham, of course, is that yeah. we'd be sitting on a table broadcasting, yeah. and uh, some of Paddy's punters would come along and just start throwing ten-pound notes at us, yeah. saying, hey, I "Can want I have a bet on a, a number three in the next race?" And <laughs> I did very quite, well out of it. It actually. was quite tempting. It was quite well, tempting not to take win. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite tempting. But we had to say no, mate. We're brought on a radio presenters. We're not bookies. Oh, yes. So, well, I say we're not bookies, but yeah, no, we we we, we wouldn't have had a clue.
clue. So anyway, yeah, um, Rupert Bell, Lizzie Kelly joining us uh, mm. very, very shortly. And uh, we'll get into the meat of it. We'll start looking at uh, some of the races, the art of the commentator, and uh, lots more. Reddest race. face of the week competition. Reddest face. We always have one of the competitions <laughs> that you're going to notice is reddest face of the week. That'll be the job of Charlie Baker. He'll be out and about on the course tomorrow. <laughs> say, if you're coming racing, you may see Charlie about. Go and yeah. say hello. He may get you on air as long as you're not too drunk, which does yeah. kind of limit the numbers as the day goes on. <laughs> Nobody. Really. Yeah, in, the, in, the, in the Guinness <laughs> Village at uh, four o'clock, it is... A bit like Gin Alley, isn't it? It is a bit, <laughs> a bit mad. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Uh, four o'clock this afternoon, Adrian Durham and Dean Ashton will bring you a drive. Um, but uh, we're just wrapping things up, more or less, here yeah, it's at, been at gone the, the Lansdowne. It's been a fun afternoon, thanks to all our guests. Um, just to finish this afternoon, though, we'll chat to our commentary team. They're going to be bringing you... Four days of top racing from uh, the festival tomorrow. Of course, Rupert Bell and the uh, former jockey, Lizzie Kelly. Good to see you both. Yeah, good to be here. You yes. you brought Kelly Jr. in today, little Hugo. He's, he's, so he's a little sweet. rocker, isn't he? He was 15 months old. He's a he's a big grinner. He, <laughs> yeah. He's a big smiley boy. <laughs> he does he does like to sort of head head around the place. Oh, with he's very me sociable. And come to he, see though? Mum. He can come and sit in on this. He's yeah, got a chip. He's got a big old chip. He's come to see <laughs> Mum. Your chip, Hugo. Look at that big old chip he's got there. He is going to come and sit in. He can be on the radio, can't he? He'll make more sense yeah. than me, that's for sure. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, true. He will. He certainly how, will. How long have you two been commentating together? Because it sort of it works so well together, doesn't uh, it? We came together this time last year. Weren't you doing it two years ago? No. Really? No, Lizzie was Oh, no, it. Lizzie. No, we first met Lizzie in this pub two yeah, years ago because on the Monday you said, I haven't got any rides this week, and then you got a ride on the Wednesday, didn't you? you yeah, they decided to run it in the end. They weren't They weren't going to run him, and then um, they decided to, to go for it, and they did, and I sort of wish they hadn't because he, he fell at the second last, and I haven't been, I haven't been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> but I was listening to you this morning. You, you've, had, you've ridden a couple of winners, haven't you, at Cheltenham? Yeah, so I've ridden two festival mm. winners, and and um, a handful of just normal challenge winners. But, yeah, I, had, I was lucky enough to ride two festival winners. What's Great it days. like riding at the festival when in, in the, a big crowd like that? Oh, it's unreal. I mean, the two winners I had, one of them was favourite and the other was second favourite. And so there was obviously a lot of support on the race course mm. as well. And it was just it was just amazing. Like, it's, you know, so nerve-wracking. Um, you have to be so conscious of being able to sort of hold yourself together mm. mentally before the race but once the race starts you know you're kind of in your happy place I suppose you you're well able to react to what's going on around you and all of those sort of external pressures you know go out of your brain but of course when um when they win you know and half the race courses back them yeah it's it's unreal. The receptions <laughs> that I got were just... We've had a fall of them. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's early falling, but he's up, he's up and he's OK. He's and I think he's still eating the They jet. bounce at that stage. You've got the technique his mum's taught him to, to bounce if he falls. And what about the horses, Lizzie? I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. Some horses are completely thrown by big crowds, aren't they? Yeah, some horses don't like it. They don't react particularly well. You see a lot of horses with um, earplugs or hoods, which all have... Um, sort of noise um, 
quietening yeah. things in them to sort of try and get rid of that problem. But um, well, they'll fizz over and start sweating and just get really, really revved, which isn't ideal. It's certainly something you would look out for in the parade ring if you yeah. were, you know, having a look at the runners. Um, but you know, some of them will then go out onto the race course and be able to just, you know, perform. Yeah. And it, it, although they've got a bit warm in the sort of in the prelims, they're actually fine. Mm. Um, I remember Notebook, uh, yeah. one of uh, one of the Giggins Town horses. He was a horse who was always so so naughty in the prelims, um, to a point where he would almost get rid of the jockey. You know, he'd, he'd be <laughs> he'd be really bad. But um, but yeah, it does affect them in different ways. Yeah. Rupert, have you ever ridden a horse? Uh, <laughs> well, no. no. Really? No, I'm king of the self-preservation society. I tell you what. You're not one of those charity ones. No, I, no, I, no, I rode... Uh, I gave up riding after I fell off a pony. Right. And all my mother said, and this was in the 60s, and I was winded. And I thought, well, I didn't like this. So I did, and my mother said, stop lying on the ground like a footballer and get up. <laughs> a footballer in the 60s? How much you made of footballers now? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, it's true. Yeah, so... Uh, you so, look like that Ron Harris guy <laughs> there, she said. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I got winded. And, and that was Ron Harris's victim. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then after that, I just thought, well, this doesn't seem to be much fun. So my brother, actually, he did ride a winner at Cheltenham at, a, at one of the have a hunter chase evening so he actually did ride a winner at wow. Cheltenham back in the early 80s uh, all my family rode except for me and um, I'm now talking about horses all well, my life even though be worse. Uh, mm. um, I love every minute I love the horse but yeah. I ain't just going to sit on it that's uh, fair enough uh, Rupert I wouldn't. We, we've been reading a lot about this extra day of the festival of course you know a lot of money was lost last year and it would bring a lot into the uh, uh, the economy and to the course but I was reading a piece this week and they were suggesting that the, the thing about Cheltenham is, is the quality of the racing if you had there aren't enough good horses out there to justify a fifth day would you agree with that well looking at the entries for some of the races this year for the big races the grade ones the novice hurdles and some of them in the race tomorrow evenings only got six in it which is almost unheard of so I do think there are questions of being enough good horses we don't want to dilute it it's a clearly it was three days and people say well they actually said the same thing we don't want it to go to four I think five is just sending it a little too far yeah. and actually the point is it finishes on the Friday and then Racing's had its big moment in the shop window because hmm. then we get ready for football again at the weekend and, and the yeah, rugby and yeah, everything sure. else. And it's a sellout. So I know they want to make money, but please don't kill the golden goose. No, yeah, I agree Do you agree, you. Lizzie? Do you I, think? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I think that this year we're seeing worrying sort of numbers of runners which have been decreasing and decreasing we're seeing races becoming less competitive because there are so many options mm. um the irish have a huge amount more runners than the english not that that should make a difference but it shows that you know the english are sort of not they're almost not able to compete actually really at their biggest week yeah does um, it cost to enter? Does it cost? It yeah. is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. They are expensive races to run in. Um, but people, some people just don't care. They want to have a runner at Cheltenham, even if they've got a bit of a, a no-hoper. 
I have to say, Hugo's well trained for being in the pub. The way he was moving there, he looked like he'd had a very good yeah. Friday night. <laughs> yeah, he just basically wanders across and he gets a chip and then he wanders back like an old drunk with his chip and he plays with a pen and he goes gets another chip. He's got it all sorted out. Fantastic. That's the way you got to live your life. We're talking about. Yeah, it. yeah. Off he goes back for another chip. Now. He's not even finished that one yet. I'll have a, I'll have one for later. Put one oh, behind he's his ear. Very entertaining. This. You've got to bring him tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> what you're saying better than my commentary? Yeah. yeah well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said after last year, we were saying yeah. earlier on that to Ed that you, you two would be very pleased to have uh, punters around you to be in that throng where you commentate from to to well, get because you get a buzz, I'm sure, from that, don't you? It, it, well, after yes. After last year, there was there was one. The funniest one was when I had this bloke standing behind me when Native River won the Gold Cup, mm. and I just was transfixed with his <laughs> and he and he always goes to that same spot on Gold Cup day, right? And he's tiny can't see anything well, that's good if and he's standing he's in front of his you. neck to look at the big screen yeah. and he just went absolutely bonkers so it is quite nice to have them th they're basically closer mm. than yeah. Andy is to me so uh, Lizzie will be the other side a little bit further away but I will be uh, taking it for the team yeah absolutely um, and we've talked a lot about Rachel Blackmore of course you know well um, and, and that you know it would be great if she could have some special moments this year with crowds there because she wasn't able to last year but there's some stiff competition isn't there among the jockeys this year yeah absolutely you know she she was she was um, really lucky to get on some of the horses that she perhaps wouldn't have ridden last year, like Sir Gerhard winning the champion bumper. They normally, the Irish, use a uh, use an amateur. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of little things like that. Uh, horses moving from Gordon Elliott's after the whole thing with him happened. So um, they would have been rides that she wouldn't have necessarily had. But I completely agree with you. You know, Honeysuckle's, the respect, the crowd reaction to Honeysuckle when she won at the Dublin mm. Racing Festival was amazing. But Leopardstown hasn't got the same setup as Cheltenham no. does with the way they've created the stands for that winner's reception. It's absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they, they definitely deserve it. And it would be really, really lovely to be able to... Um, see that yeah. happen. Um, Ed, Ed was saying earlier on, Rupert, uh, that that will be a moment. He says, I'll just step back and say nothing if Honeysuckle wins I, I tomorrow. Think, I think that's what, because actually it will be a crowning moment because she'll be 15 unbeaten, but it'll actually, this partnership of Rachel Blackmore and Honeysuckle has really reflected the rise of Rachel as well mm. to pub, public prominence. And that win in the champion hurdle last year, was what then set off an extraordinary few weeks for culminating the Grand National. And she is just such a level-headed, lovely person. And she said, we did this documentary that went mm. out last night. Yeah. And one of the things, I don't think it made it cut, cut, but what she says, and makes her so grand, she says, if I feel down, I put the tape of Lizzie crying on. Because it oh, makes me feel that's good. Great. Oh, that's nice. That's that nice really to hear. lovely. It was a lovely moment. Yeah. A beautiful moment. And you, you saw, you were out there on the oh. course with Honeysuckle earlier on. He was oh. having a little bit of well, grass. I, I went to see the Queen of, of Cheltenham, as uh, yeah. I think she is, and she was having a lovely little nibble at the grass. And as, you know, Ed was saying how beautiful it is. Because we've had a mild winter. People in the Cotswolds are cutting their lawns very early, including me. And yeah. the grass growth has been terrific, so it looks really good. I know that's a very <laughs> sort yeah. of uh, first world problem, but you know, it's a, you know, it, it that it is. Of course, you know, luckily I got my mower back the other day from the service people. So uh, yeah, well, I got it was. My, I got good. I got my first mowing before the Cheltenham Festival, which I don't think has happened before. So okay. there you go. There you go. You've done a lot of Cheltenham previews already, and uh, yeah, we I've get been a tip from both I've been cutting right? out stuff. You drive yourself <laughs> mad. 
mad, he's Andy. Been, he got pages he, and pages of tips. Danny Mullins believes King George win a Tornado Flyer. It's the forgotten horse of the it, festival. Well, I think he, tornado Flyer. Yeah, he writes everything down. <laughs> he, uh, he's not wrong. Yeah. Possibly. Okay. We'll get tips from both of you. Lizzie, is there anything you fancy this week? Is there a standout for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are a few that I quite like. Uh, before Midnight in the Grand Annual, the right, Sam Thomas runner. I mean, all of these are each ways. Yeah. Um, Burning Victory in the Mares. I'd probably back her to win, actually. Right. Um, and... Cam Prond in the Coral Cup each way as well. Okay, well there we go. Now, are you going to be writing down as vociferously as you, Lizzie's, when it comes to my pen. We can put our pens down now, Rupert. I'm thinking, God, look at them, look at them. Now it's my turn. Okay. Rupert, I'll write them down. I'm not really. I'll move my hand over very good. Paisley Park, each way in the Stayers Hurdle. And then I like. Uh, Langer Dan in the 5.30 on Friday. Langer Dan, yeah. Yeah, we'll be uh, gone by then. Andy's yeah. just not writing. I can't see you. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll give it to you later. Yeah, give it to me later. And yeah. just as a bit of fun, I think Tommy's Oscar is overpriced in the champion hurdle. And again, each way. Fantastic. Oh, I, I, I like a bit well, of overpriced. We look forward to chatting you both tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Rupert, Should thank be you. Fun. Lizzie, thank you. Hugo, thank you. How's he getting on? Is he all right? Yeah, he's back, back for the chips. Another <laughs> I chip. He's beginning I to want get another Lizzie chip. Run around. Fantastic. Well, that is us. We'll be live at the wow. course tomorrow. We'll have lots of top guests. As we said, Charlie Baker will be out and about on the course throughout the three hours. We're catching up him with to the, the punters rink, so and the celebs. To the That's right. He's going to be out and about. So, uh, uh, a new addition to uh, our coverage. We'll have, again, the guys commentating on four big races of the day. We do hope you can join us from one. Have a great evening, and uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks to everybody here at the Lansdowne. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Uh, do hope you can join us tomorrow from one. Charlie Baker will be out and about on the course and uh, chatting to the punters and more. little Hugo. She put the names of the horses all out on the floor. And, and he can just pick one them. he walks towards. Yeah, that'll be the one. that's right. You might as well. Might as it's well. as scientific <laughs> as it gets. So anyway, do hope you can join us. We'll have a few top tips and some live racing a lot more besides from one. Have a good evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.